0: This is Live well Talk on Opioid Use Disorder and Treatment. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. We're in a global pandemic with COVID-19, but let's reflect upon an epidemic that was declared in 2016, I think, or 17. That's the opioid epidemic. Uh, and for anyone that's uh, watched uh, uh Sick on Hulu, uh i strongly encourage it it is so accurate but one of the champions or successes out of the opioid epidemic is my colleague stan matthew Thanks, uh, and Donald. his work that he's done locally uh in physical medicine rehabilitation with uh, chronic pain and opioid use disorder and giving people options other than chronic opioids. So Stan, welcome back to the pe- podcast.
1: Doc, thanks for having me. It is uh, always great to be here and spend a little bit of time with you. Um, before I get started, I have to say you are an amazing leader, Doc. Well, You're, as you, you're st- always too kind. As you started with uh, the pandemic, it feels like we're in the summer of 2022 and f- it feels like things have really slowed down. And I firmly believe we wouldn't have got through this without your leadership here. Well, that's your, point. that's are
0: your, you're very kind. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we learned a lot. Absolutely. Uh, and I, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Overall, I feel good about things. You know, I'm not, I lose sleep because we don't have enough staff. Absolutely. And I worry Absolutely. about the staff. Absolutely. But not like before, you know, as far as the worrying about them yeah. and their safety, but, but, you know, if you'll if you'll remember, we started Project Morpheus, uh, Greek god of dreams, where we get the term morphine from. Uh, we started that project as medical staff actually in two thousand fourteen with wow. a twelve point wow. program, and you were wow. I know you participated in some of those meetings. Yeah, yeah. What we wanted to do is just kind of take a look at opioid use and and uh, give uh, some direction to physicians to be responsible and the consequences. So really, before that. Um, and then you had this perfect storm where they opioid use was climbing they were putting and they thought well here's what we'll do we'll just make patients come back to the doctor every time to get it and then so doctors were prescribing larger quantities so you wouldn't have to come back as much well and then you put that out in the and then it just spiked um and we, we i think as a medical community i think we work very hard and we've got it to start coming down uh after it was declared a public health emergency in 2016 17ish uh and then covid came and it spiked back up and i think we're going to um just just for reference i think we're we're about 70,000 deaths uh in 2018 2019 and we're we're going to break 100,000 this year wow wow that's a lot that's, wow, that's a, you know amazing. that's a city That's Cedar Rapids dying of opioids in one year. Wow. Uh, So we know it's a big problem. But let's start by what is an opioid?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Doc, opioids are in the category of morphine-related products. Uh, morphine is a painkiller. Uh, it's been around forever. Uh, started back with the opium plant, um, ancient China. You'll see old movies that uh, men and women there were, were smoking it. Uh, it found to, it's found to uh, really provide amazing anesthetic relief. Uh, when I trained uh, 20 years ago now, opioids and narcotic medication was the standard for management of chronic pain Uh, and i always bring this up because there's two types of pain and it's good for uh, patients that are listening to this and family members you know the acute pain is uh, me and dr arnold are playing basketball and um, uh, he checks me too hard and i break my shoulder and that will hurt for a bit and for a few months, maybe a couple months, till I rehab it. And that may need an adequate amount of pain medication, even in the opioid class, for a short period of time. What happens, though, is, is when this shoulder pain, six months later, is still hurting me, it's no longer acute pain. It's now called chronic pain and the use and management of opioid pain medication for chronic pain is now considered counterproductive and and really taboo. I had to change my own mindset in my practice, uh, Doc, when I was uh, right out of fellowship, uh, hungry, excited to help a lot of people. Uh, I was trained to treat pain as the fifth vital sign. And we used medication to treat this. I I remember my attendings and um, my my leadership telling me, if you're not managing their pain, you're putting the patient at high risk for cardiac uh, abnormalities, strokes, heart uh, heart attacks. Uh, So typically on rounds, we would always ask, what's the pain? Is things moving in the right direction? Uh, over the years, just like uh, the iPhone and technology, science just keeps getting better, uh, we realized that we are actually doing a disservice. Sometime in 2016, 2017, as you mentioned, the uh, There was a huge spotlight put on what doctors were doing to help manage opioids because it's become a crisis. And, you know, we can take steps back and talk about addiction, but I I first like to put the blame on providers like myself uh, because at the time we thought we were not doing harm, we actually were. I'd say in about 2018, 2019, I had about four or 5,000 patients that we were managing with uh, chronic pain medication, and it took a year to help them understand that there are whole other modalities that we can now use for this. Amazingly, Doc, you know, as a, a young provider starting off, I thought, oh my gosh, uh, I'm going to lose all these patients, and this is going to be a catastrophe. Uh, we're now in 2022, and our, our, our practice has grown even more because we're treating more uh, wonderful people without the use of opioids, and patients are finding relief. And those three or four or 5,000 patients that we had, 95% of them stayed in our practice and are doing well. Well, you know,
0: I mean, opioids are just if you go to the mechanic and your car is making noise. Um he basically opioids are saying, well, just turn it up the radio up louder. You won't hear the noise, right? <laughs> I mean, because you're not addressing, okay, yeah. what is causing this pain. But you're absolutely right. And I always feel so conflicted when I'm taking care of the quote drug seeker in quote, mm-hmm. whether it's in the mm-hmm. emergency room or in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um because we created that, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know, it wasn't absolutely. like that person went to their guidance counselor in high school and said, Yeah, I'm really thinking about being addicted to opioids and just have my whole life revolve around a trick in the system to get opioids? Of course not, you know. And so, I think we have an obligation to care for those patients absolutely and, absolutely. and, and guide them through this. Because you're right that I can Well, even up until right prior to the pandemic, um, the Joint Commission and other regulatory bodies were still saying, "Are you managing They're their, their pain, pain or managing are you the pain?" Managing their At pain. the same time, the Drug Enforcement Administration and the boards of medicine are coming down on guys for managing pain. Uh, more a reaction to the public outcry or just the, the, the epidemic itself. So it has been a difficult couple of years. And I think just just a lot of things that perpetuate it, um, I think the, the fentanyl that's out there is kind of scary. Wow. Yeah, um, great topic. You know, that, that wasn't great topic. happening great topic. in 17, 2017, 2018. Uh, you know, on the inpatient side, fentanyl is a great drug. It's clean. Uh, you, you get a, bit, a little bit longer than morphine, but it tends to not make people goofy, correct, right, like correct, morphine can. Correct, correct. So when that started com- coming out in the communities, that's scary uh, because it is a very lethal medication if given excessively. And, you know, so I, I think those are our work ahead of us is, one, is to educate people, but also to come up with treatment plans that then, that uh, don't include opioids if we can for those that chronic pain. So, what are some things that you that you find successful non-opioid therapies?
1: Absolutely, you know, uh, one of the things uh, we try to incorporate in all of our uh, visits is trying to help the patient understand what's going on, uh, with them. You know, a lot of patients are so stuck on that shoulder analogy that, uh, ever since that shoulder injury, my life just hasn't been the same. And that's what's the source of all my pain. It's helping them understand that it's no longer just your shoulder that's hurting. Something went haywire neurologically. Uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, chronic pain was considered a psychiatric disorder. Uh, It was in the DSM-IV as a a disorder uh, of mental illness. Now we realize we were way off base on that. And over the last 10 years, it's been thought to be a neurologic disorder. And there are medications and modalities geared toward the nervous system to help turn off turn chronic pain down. My hunch is, Doc, and this is just my opinion, that there's also some autoimmune component to this. Uh, stress and inflammatory markers typically are very high in these patients. And often uh, we see reduction when, uh, in pain and improve functional outcomes when we try something simple like a Medrol dose pack for a few days just to see if it'll bring down and ease discomfort and pain. You know, you, you triggered a, a really good thought and just talking about the, the fentanyl, Use And uh, one thing that the internet does is great stuff like getting Dr. Arnold out there and educating people. The other thing it does, it is has connected the world in a way that's unbelievable. Yeah, isn't that true? Uh, if my patient doesn't want to come to the office and see uh, Dr. Matthew and have a visit and talk about pain medication uh they can now shop online for all sorts of illicit substances and uh, uh it, it's pretty scary because the things that they're buying are not regulated in any way shape or form uh it could say fentanyl it could say oxycodone but typically these are bad dangerous mixtures which as you've seen as as a, a practicing clinician have uh you know really horrible um effects. But, you know, I, I'd encourage anyone who's listening, uh, make an appointment with us so we can at least talk to you, give you ideas on different things we can do. Medication is one. Uh, another huge area uh, that we try to push is pain psychology. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talk uh, uh, often about Dr. Talman and his, team. and his team. Yeah. You know, the goal is to get people thinking in my own life. Uh, you know, you have to replace a thought with another thought. So if my thought all day is my shoulder's killing me, I have to get thinking about something else before my shoulder stops. And Dr. Talman and his team and pain psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy helps you kind of take a little bit of a estimate on your life on what are you thinking about and how can we change this into thinking something a little more positive that doesn't mean that one session of behavioral psychology is going to cure anyone's pain and I, I don't want to lighten that because if you're someone suffering with pain it's horrible uh, you know I have a headache for an hour and I I, I can't even have a conversation till my, my headache passes uh, having a headache every day for 30 days is pretty much d- disability you know but uh, I do want 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 you to know that there are uh, possibilities of medication, uh, mindfulness techniques, cognitive behavioral therapy, and starting this uh, long-term treatment of getting you better. We also use a lot of um, uh, -of out-of-the-box techniques like aqua therapy. You know, a lot of patients don't want to do physical therapy because it's painful. If your back's already hurting, and I tell you to Uh, stretch and bend and lift for the next 20 minutes, Uh, anyone will tell you this is probably going to hurt. Getting in the water changes everything. You know, you have that gravity eliminated, which really helps a lot. And, um, Doc, something simple that you do very well, giving people hope. Letting them know that, uh, you know, we we're going to work through this together. Uh, we're a partner in this with you as you're going through this.
0: My my youngest went up to a, a university to visit for a possible track uh, opportunity scholarship. Awesome. awesome. And they had in their training room a pool, a small pool that had a treadmill that raises and lowers. So depending on how acute your injury is, is the height that you might be out of the water. Very cool. Isn't that Very cool? Very cool. I was Very like, cool.
1: wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, did, did she respond well to the yeah, it, it,
0: You know, fingers crossed and hopefully <laughs> awesome. she's excited about that. And awesome. we're, we're certainly proud of her. But, uh, you know, I remember one thing you said to me and it's kind of guided me is during your journey of getting people off opioids that A drug that I was never very impressed with, Neurontin. Hmm. You said people are coming back saying, that works.
1: Amazing, Doc. Amazing. You know, even in my own uh, arrogance and ignorance, I thought this medication really isn't helpful. Uh, My hunch, and this is just a theory, uh, Dr. Arnold, that... When a patient is on opioids and gabapentin, the effects of the gabapentin are so masked by the opioid that it doesn't have a chance to even work. Now that we get patients off of opioids, uh, they have tons of receptors that are now clean and available for other medications. Suddenly, the gabapentin is helpful. Suddenly, the Lyrica or pregabalin is helpful. Suddenly, the duloxetine is helpful. Another novel agent we use uh, is um, low-dose naltrexone. Uh, really studied heavily in uh, Europe, um, England, um, Australia, Canada for treatment of chronic pain. Uh, two to four milligrams have done magically for a lot of our patients. Uh, thankfully enough, our own pharmacy here at St. Luke's compounds it for us. Oh, really? uh, super inexpensive as well.
0: Wow. And what's the mechanism there? Um...
1: Essentially, it's supposed to bind very similar uh, receptors to opioids. Uh, but without any of the addiction or habits, so it form. just takes
0: the receptors out of you guys out it. of operation. So,
1: so um, and Doc, you you know this? They the new term they've coined um, the medical community opioid induced hypersensitivity. Uh, we used to say neurologists will tell you uh, you're having headaches all the time. Stop taking Tylenol, right? Because right, now yeah. the Tylenol is causing your headache. Yeah. Opioid-induced hypersensitivity is you've been taking opioids for so long, you've upregulated all these receptors, and all you feel is pain now. Uh, by dr- dropping down the opioid, you get the similar effect.
0: You know, I don't know about how you f- I'm I know you're going to agree with this, but um, we'll, we'll tee this up for the listeners. I think going from the pain scale of 1 to 10 to what's your, what's your functional capacity. So rather than saying your headache, is it – what is it on 1 to 10? Well, people go 12 yeah, to 100 because yeah, I'm always, here, right? Always, always, You yeah. know, and my 10 is not your 10. But if you ask the patient, what is that headache preventing you from doing? Well, it's preventing me from going to work. Okay, well, then we got to make it at least good enough that you can go to work. You know, to go to that functional element, I think that was a big change yeah, and, and yeah. a good change.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, definitely.
0: Um, you know, let's go back to that pain is the fifth vital sign. Sure, You know, sure. just for our listeners, breathing. Breathing. Temperature, uh, blood pressure, and pulse are the other four, right? And that fifth is uh, pain is a vital sign. And I think as a medical profession, we took that. We didn't differentiate between pain and suffering. Mm, mm, You know, mm, suffering mm. shouldn't happen. Pain's inevitable, but suffering's preventable. And we didn't approach it that way, you know. And I think we just reacted to that push. But I can remember, I can remember drug reps showing up. In the mid '90s to late '90s, saying this stuff's not oxycodone's not addictive, you know, and yeah, uh, absolutely. it's it's absolutely. proven safe, absolutely, and not so much, you know, and uh, uh, certainly a regrettable phenomenon, a regrettable phenomenon that happened in medicine. And I, you know, I think the future is bright with the work that you've been doing.
1: Hey, we're trying, Doc. We're trying. We got a whole team of providers, uh, ever growing, a bunch of wonderful uh, providers, including myself and a, and a small team of nurse practitioners that love what they do. Uh, we, you know, we're passionate about caring for people. Perfect people. I, I don't want everyone to think that we have the cure, uh, but we are an option to help. You know, uh, and we we try our best. To get our goals aligned with the patients, um, again, cure may not be out there, but we do think you can get your quality of life and function a lot better. Well, you know, over the last five or ten years, it's been a wild roller coaster, Doctor Arnold, but. Uh, it's been exciting to see how many people are regaining some sort of function, reducing their pain levels, understanding that you're right. We may not be able to take all your pain away, but uh, suffering is a whole other right. element that yeah. we don't want. any Nobody to should go be suffering, suffering.
0: You know, we can stop that. So. Do, do do my patients need a referral to see you, or is there how how do they get in to see you and your team?
1: You know, just give us a call. Give us a call. Uh, you know, our offices are um, intertwined in our amazing physical medicine and rehab department. We're here on the fifth floor, uh, but pl- feel free to give us a call, and we'd love to uh, to help anyone who's out there who's hurting.
0: So that's a referral to see you here. But what it, Finley, you go up to Dubuque. See patients. Tell me about that.
1: You got it. We we have a a small clinic out there that's ever growing. Uh, We're there one day a week presently, and as our volume and needs grow, we'll be there um, more days a week. But yeah, we have an, uh, an office due to the need in Finley as well as in Anamosa at Jones Regional Hospital. Awesome. Yeah.
0: You know, when I was a kid, it was a two lane highway. My mom was from Dubuque, and it was a two lane highway, and it seemed like it took forever. You know, now it's just a breeze to get up there. You know,
1: you know a great town, too. Uh, anyone who has kids, it's got an amazing aquarium there. <laughs> so so you can get out there and check it out. And also, uh, not for myself, but there are some casinos in a nice river town. So. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah,
0: Dubuque, yes. Once again, this is Dr. Stan Matthew, a colleague and a friend from Physical Medicine Rehabilitation. He serves as the medical director here at St. Luke's Hospital and also at Finley Hospital. If you'd like to learn more about physical medicine and rehabilitation services offered, visit unitypoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live well, Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.